You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. What's up, everybody? We have an awesome episode coming at you today with um, an incredible guest. Her name's Vanessa Rosetto, and she is a dietitian in New York. And really, we just talked about all the things when it comes to body image and nutrition and just stomping on society standards and all the above. You're going to love it. But before that, we want to go through our happies and crappies and introduce a new segment. Yes, I'm pretty excited about this and very excited about our interview today. It was really a good one. And I felt like we could have just gone on and on, but we had to call it quits at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have talked to her forever. It was so good. All right, let's get into it. Um, okay, happy and crappies. Since we didn't do them last week, my happy it is um, going to Colorado. It was for Thanksgiving. It was so nice to just get away. And also we like just really didn't do anything. It was like a no pressure vacation. We just played games, ate and drank for like three days. And it was amazing. So that's my happy. And then my crappy, honestly, um, I don't really know what my crappy is, which I guess is a good thing. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm like kind of getting numb to the whole trying to get pregnant thing because like every month I'm not pregnant. And so I, I guess that's a crappy is I start my period today or tomorrow and like I know it's coming because I took a test so that's annoying but uh, unfortunately it's like something that I feel like I'm used to now and that sucks even more but that's my crappy you took a test already mm-hmm. girl you're gonna make yourself crazy I know well but I mean we've been trying over a year I am going crazy <laughs> <laughs> no I know but I mean like before before you get your period because sometimes you could it can still not be positive. Yeah, I know. I, I took a clear blue, though, which is, like, usually pretty accurate early. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll see. Maybe it was wrong. Yeah. Well, it depends, too, on how you are. Like, if it helps you know, like, it's coming. It um, does. I get, like, the two periods ago, I got emotionally depressed, I feel like, for, like, three days. Mm-hmm. When my period came, I was just, like, not in a good place. So. Yeah. To be prepared it does suck that we have this like physical reminder to deal with too so mm-hmm. I'm sorry it's okay well, bye. okay um my crappy is that I have not been sleeping because my baby is not sleeping we are in the thick of the four-month sleep regression and it's really frustrating because we'll go through days like last week where He's like so good and he sleeps through the whole night. So I know he's capable of it. Mm-hmm. And then we have weeks like this where he's literally up every, sometimes every hour, like not last night, but the night before I literally saw every single hour on the clock. And at one point like, I just lost track of time. And like the last time I fed him and I, he like fell asleep in my arms a few times, or I fell asleep with him in my arms a few times just cause I was so exhausted and I kind of hit like a a wall last night because he like boycotted his last nap and it's just been 
really hard, especially yeah. in like a really busy season of work. And I need some rest. So yeah, that's been really crappy, but we, um, I had a consultation with like a sleep consultant yesterday and we're going to work with her on getting him on like a, not like a strict program, but, you know, teaching him to fall asleep independently and sleep through the night. And I don't believe in the whole cry it out to extinction method. I know there's going to be like a little bit of crying involved, but I really want to take a somewhat of a softer approach because I know it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, so at least hopefully there's the light at the end of the tunnel because she said with that, it'll take like two weeks of just really hard work and then he should catch on. So oh, good. I'm yeah, we'll see. If you don't sleep, it's the worst. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, but last night we got a couple, like three, two, three hour stretches. And I, at this point back, like in the newborn days, that felt actually really good. So we're making progress. Um, my happy, I guess I'm just really excited for Christmas and like having some time off. I blocked a whole lot of my schedule off work-wise. I have like one session, one or two sessions in between Christmas and New Year's, but other than that, I took like the whole week of Christmas off and the whole week of after New Year's off so that I can actually relax and not have anything. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to that. That'll be really good. Yeah. After the holidays, it's harder to get back into it. So it's nice to have a little buffer week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So our new segment, we still need to come up with a like legit name. But we, if you follow me on Instagram, then you've seen that every Sunday I've done a confession box on my Instagram story. And each week is a different question. Well, basically I ask a question, people answer, and I share their answers anonymously. And let me tell you, they're freaking <laughs> they're so good. They're so good. I lose my mind. Like I look forward to Sunday every week now. And like, even I'm so distracted in the middle of the night on Sunday night, I'll wake up just to read more. Like, I'm so excited. So we're going to do this every week. We're going to read like three to five of the funniest ones. And, um, we'll call it like maybe shame, shameless living or shameless confessions or shameless something. It's gotta be like alliteration. If you have an idea, DM us and let us know what we should call it. I like shameless though. Yeah, what's a word that starts with an S that we can... The shameless segment? I don't know. Shame, or, shameless spills. Yes. That's shameless good. spills. There we go. That's good. That's good. Okay, shameless spills. Here we go. So this first one that I posted a couple weeks ago was just your most embarrassing moment. Easy. Could range from anything. I'm going to read a few of the answers, and some of them I will say are rated R, so... If you are sensitive, maybe fast forward through this part. Um, okay, first one. I accidentally sent a voice recording of me freaking out over a guy texting me and talking to my friend about it and how I should respond to him. A solid minute of my voice just talking about him to him. Oh, oh there's that. <laughs> That's the worst when you send a text that you are meant to send about someone else to someone, to that person. It's so bad. That is so bad, but especially a voice text. Especially a voice text because there's really no going back from that. Like, 
it's Ooh. so in the inflection alone like you can just know that person in and out you know what else is scary is like if you're talking about someone or not that you know not that I'm constantly gossiping about people but if you're ever like speaking about someone and you're so nervous that you know your phone sometimes goes on the voice to text and you're like what if I'm talking about this and it does the voice to text and it's like about to send it to them because I've been in that position where that's almost happened before well, cause like Siri, especially on my watch, will just like pick up when I say someone's name and start creating a text to them. And you're like, no. Yeah. Scary next, stuff. Next one. There's a lot of like similar themes here, but this one is I was fussing to my husband over text about my mother-in-law and I accidentally sent it to my mother-in-law. So that's a very similar theme. Also the mother-in-law confessions are probably in my top three favorite <laughs> confessions. So funny. They're so good. Some of y'all really need to pray about those mother-in-laws. Um, just going along with the texting theme. A week after getting married, I sent a sext on accident to my mother-in-law. <laughs> Yikes. Then got real close that day. At least you're married and, you know, yeah. you're allowed to have those. Uh, <laughs> there's, like a, there's like a TikTok trend going or was going around where like you're at a dinner table with your husband and like other people and you send him like a dirty text yeah and you're like filming his reaction when he looks at his phone he's like looking around yeah. and... I've seen that okay just going in the theme I really feel like all of these is mostly about in-laws so this next one is one time at my in-laws I was on my phone and clicked a video that said in quotes cute puppy on Facebook turned out to be porn, which was very clear based off the noises coming out of my phone. I was mortified. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, I would click a video that says cute puppy too. Oh man. But yeah. That's really bad. How do you explain like, that? On the phone in the bathroom by yourself and then hearing those noises come through, you're like, what is she doing in there? Mm. Okay. Last, but certainly not least, I saved the best for last. It says, I couldn't fit this in one box, but first time at my in-laws was a Passover dinner. They're Jewish, and I had to read something at the Seder, only it was in Hebrew, and I absolutely butchered it. So finally, my husband's uncle cut me off and said, in quotes, this is what happens when you bring a Gentile to dinner. <laughs> we had only been dating for like four months. <laughs> oh my gosh. That one's just kind of cute, though. That like, one's so good. He was trying, you know. He was really trying. That's and cute. The Jew Gentile jokes, they just never get old. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, so keep an eye out for those stories every Sunday and feel free to contribute your shameless spills to that. Yeah. We will spill it here on the podcast each week for a little entertainment. Those have been really, really good and really entertaining. I loved Sunday's responses. On There's a reoccurring theme on that one as well. Mm -hmm. the car wrecks lots of car wrecks yeah we'll, yeah we'll definitely get to that one I've been turning to Chelsea especially this past week for help with questions because it's hard to think of all these questions it is um all right y'all we're gonna go ahead and get into our interview with Vanessa and we will talk to you soon bye bye hello everybody welcome to episode 50 <laughs> <laughs> 50 of season two. So we are officially at the 200 mark, which is woo -woo. awesome. We are joined here with an amazing guest all the way from New Jersey. 
slash New York, both. Yeah. Um, we have Vanessa Rosetto nice. on the podcast with us today. I always want to say risotto, but it's risotto. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'll just kind of intro you a little bit and then we'll kind of get into who you are, what you do and all the goodness you're bringing to the world right now. Thank you. So Vanessa is a registered dietitian who co-founded Kalina. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Kalina Health. Um, and she, they work together with a number of dietitians and they've helped any, everyone from celebrity clients such as Adam Newman and Lala from Vanderpump Rules. And um, they have a dietetic internship through NYU, correct? Or I'm, the, I'm the director of the dietetic you're internship. You're the director. That's yeah. even cooler. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So no she's the director of the dietetic internship at NYU, which is yeah. amazing. Um, she was also named one of the top five black nutritionists that will make you change the way you think about nutrition in Essence Magazine, which is incredible. Um, and we just think she's going to be really inspirational for y'all and um, both in nutrition and also just chasing your dreams as a woman and breaking barriers and making moves and whatever you're passionate about. So thanks for joining us, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, tell our listeners a little bit about, I know we just did that bio, but you know better about who you are, what you do, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. I, um, I actually majored in history undergrad and then got a master's in marketing and then decided to go back to school to become a dietitian. By the way, my parents like weekly still ask if I'm going to be a doctor and I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> they're like, they're like, but we'll pay. I'm like, that it's like not even about that, but <laughs> let it go guys. Oh like God. I just can't. <laughs> I was, I was listening to, um, do y'all ever listen to armchair expert? It's a uh, Dak Shepard's podcast. He was yeah. interviewing Natalie Portman the other day and she said her parents still ask her if she's going to go back to school to become a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my... I'm a famous actress. <laughs> exactly. It's so crazy. And like my dad will, he'll like, tell me things about nutrition that his doctor told him. And then I'll be like, dad, did you tell the doctor that your daughter is a dietitian and also directs the internship program at NYU? He's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, like, that's not something to brag about. No, but like, yeah, he's like, I don't get it. I'm like, whatever guys, it's crazy. So I, um, I went back to school and I became a dietitian and I worked in the hospital for a really long time, but like my patients were just super sick and I, not that I didn't want to help them, but it was just like really like weighing on me. So I decided to start my own private practice, but also that was kind of boring because it was by myself. And then it all came full circle. The director of the dietetic internship at NYU for like 25 years got promoted to be a global dean. And so she called me one day, I was on vacation with my family and she's like, I got promoted. I was like, okay, great. Like, Cause it was like urgent that she talked to me. I was like, lady, I'm on vacation. What do you want? She's like, oh, I need to fill this position. So now I start telling her like the names of people I think that should do this job. And she's like, no, no, that's you. I was like, oh, oh okay, cool. <laughs> sure. So then I started doing this job and then um, another friend, a co-founder of Kulina, Tamar, we decided to like have a coffee and she was like, let's join our practices. And I'm like, okay, that sounds great. So in the middle of the pandemic, we started a private practice, hired like six people and a biller and we're super busy. We can, we could probably hire 10 more people and be even more busy. Like It's like so crazy. Wait, so this just started yeah so like in february we like did started it and like here we are like so busy like turn people away so busy because i don't have enough staff 
Wow, that's incredible. I mean, I was stalking you and and Kalina Health and like it looks like it's been around for a while, like the following and even the content. You're like, okay, they are doing they've been doing this for a while. Yeah, like I mean, we have been dietitians for a while and people do know us. Like I've taught so many people and I've come into contact with so many people, which is like great. Um and then we just join together and we just have this really great team and like much to the same message that you guys have, like we just want health and wellness to be accessible to everyone, right? Like you, everyone should feel like they can be healthy and like they can, you know, eat well and have access to like learn how to do things with regards to their own health. And like, that's really our message. And I think that a lot of people, that's what they want, that, you know, it's old adage about like these really thin you know dietitians that are you know like dripping in diamonds and like tell you to just eat lettuce it's like no i don't want that anymore um so i think there's a lot of place for those of us that say like whatever you want to do we're going to help you do it in a way where you don't like lose your mind yeah something that's sustainable and enjoyable you know Right. right so what made you go back to school to become a dietitian like what sparked that I was always interested in, in medicine and science. That's really why I liked nutrition because I start, sort of realized that nutrition is preventive and it would be a way to like stop people from having to go to the doctor, right? Like if you can be healthy, mostly, right? And whatever health means for everyone is different. But if you could be doing good things for your body, then we could probably ward off chronic disease. And so I really liked that to be a registered dietitian, you know, you... I, I took class with the med students and the nursing students and the physical therapists. Like we all were in biochem together and we were all in anatomy and physiology together and chemistry. So there's, it's just where the end of the training leads is the differentiator. But I liked that. And I liked that I could go to major New York city teaching hospital and learn and be part of an interdisciplinary team and have the doctor rely on me to give them what the, patient needs nutritionally. That was like really an amazing thing. So that's why I wanted to do it. Because at the end of the day, all of this is rooted in science. Mm -hmm. And recently I feel like everyone wants to be away from the science because it's not sexy. But if you go back to the science, then you can always have something that's relatable and tangible. Like this is the science. This is how the body works. So now let's work with that. No gimmicks. For sure. Yeah. Like back to the basics. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Catherine. That's what's so frustrating about like the fitness industry too, which Catherine and I are part of. Catherine's more heavily in it than I am now, but I went to school for exercise science and same thing. I was in with like nursing students and all that. And I was so frustrated while I was in that industry. Ultimately, like I ended up backing out quite a bit because it's so heavily involved in quick fixes and it being about an aesthetic and all these like myths and misinformation around what it truly means to be fit. And I'm sure like, and really exercise and nutrition is medicine. And if we can get that into people's heads before they get to the point where they need to be taking X, Y, and Z drugs, or it gets so detrimental that, you know, they're in the position that they were at when they were seeing you in the hospital then why wouldn't we? It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure you, you deal with that all the time, but I just, 
want to root you on in that aspect. Yeah, no, I agree. It's so funny because I actually, like, you know, I have a Peloton and I love my Peloton and I like to spin and whatever else. But before COVID, <laughs> I have um, my, my work wife, Charlotte, and I, we would like go to classes all over the city, like a couple of days a week. But I would also do work with like a powerlifting coach, not because I was powerlifting, but because she was a dancer. She went to NYU. She knew so she was certified and she went to school for exercise physiology. And she understood all the functional movements and all the things I needed to do to be strong. So I just squatted and deadlifted for 45 minutes. And I was so strong. Like I, my core was strong. I never had pain. She understood all of that. And you could tell the difference between someone like this. So it, like, who cares? Like, Oh, she, you know, people are like, should I run? I'm like, I don't know if you're just squatting deadlift, you should probably be okay. Like, yeah. I'm not sure how to tell you how to do that, but like, that's probably good for you. So, mm -hmm. and I also think it's like everyone's staying in their own lane. I don't really comment a lot about exercise except to say like, here are really good, smart people. I think you could work out with. Uh, and you know, if you can't afford those things, you can obviously like do walking, do this, do that. But like, I, I don't comment on it because it's not my area of expertise. Right. And so I always get people coming to me being like, my trainer told me like not to eat all day and just drink water. And then at nine o'clock have an apple. And I'm like, what? Oh gosh, that grinds my gears. It makes me so mad. It's not like, a practice. Like unless like I, I have got those training certifications, like there's nowhere in there that says you can give people diet plans. Like it's very specific. <laughs> And yeah, they the, still do it. <laughs> exactly. That's the same. And someone's like, can I have an exercise plan? I'm like, no, I don't do that. That's not yeah. in my scope of, I, I literally say that is not within my scope of practice. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and legally that's what we're supposed to say. Same. Fitness instructors and then vice versa. Like I am not going to give you a diet plan because I don't, I'm not, that's not my thing. I will gladly point you in the direction of someone who can do that for you, but I'm not that girl. Same, same. I'm just like, I don't know, but you know, they're like, what do you like to do? I'm like, I'm a different kind of person. <laughs> we need to focus on you. Uh -huh. um, oh. So sorry, Chelsea. We can't, Zoom is so hard because you just like can't ever. I know. I know. You go first. You go first. I'll go out. Okay. Well, the question I was going to ask is with like starting this business in COVID times, have you found that maybe like your success or at least like the direction that you've taken your business has had to do with the fact that so many people are now home and like having to feed for themselves. Maybe they're feeling uninspired to cook. They're like me. They're very uninspired to cook at this point because I'm just over all the dishes for however many months we've been at this. Yeah. So have you found that that's helped your business or kind of like helped you navigate your niche? Yeah. So first of all, we're like 95% insurance based, which is like really good, right? Because everybody basically has like one, three, 12, 26 or unlimited visits, which is like amazing. So people realize that they can have this. That's number one. Number two, they never have to miss, right? Because it's all virtual. So there's no excuse. And people who were like never cooking 
are now feeling more like adventurous, right? They're like, okay, well, I'm home and like, there's no excuse because I'm always here and my stove is always here. So what are like the easy, quick things that I can do? And when I show them something super easy, like sometimes I'll even just like Zoom with them and like, okay, I'll send you the ingredients beforehand and like, we'll make some, something together. And they see that it was so simple. It inspires them to do other things. Alternatively, I am like you, Chelsea, where I'm like, if I see another dish in the sink, I'm gonna flip out. <laughs> I was telling Catherine, I was like, my kids are going back to school tomorrow and I am already packing their lunch. I'm like, okay, good, just go. <laughs> and I'm sick of food. I'm just like, my husband would be like, what do you want to eat? I'm like, I literally don't care. I just, nothing. Water, I don't want to see. So that is definitely a thing for us, those of us that are like, into that habit, right? Like we're already like, okay, how do we get through this? So I help people like that in like such a different way. Like, okay, what are the things in the house? What is like really quick and easy? What are um, some things that you thought you would never be able to make because they just seemed like so out there. So like you can make, you could try that. Or I also like um, New York Times, what to cook for the week is like awesome. Those are things those are things that like you would never make. Like the other day it was like, I made a Jasmine rice with cojito cheese and radishes and a fried egg on top and cilantro and hot sauce. And I was like, Whoa, and kale. And I was like, wow, that was so good. And it was like, okay, that was the big thing I did for the week. I just like ate it every day. (laughs) And I felt excited because it was something that I would normally, you'd be like, I don't have time for that. When am I going to do that? Now I have all the time in the world. So, So there's, yeah. So there's that. And also, you know, when Silas gets older, you can make him cook things with you and he'll be really excited because my kids are excited to make things, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm looking forward to those days right now. I'm in the season of still trying to figure out like how to feed myself. Um, not just like a piece of bread in the morning. So yeah, Yeah. it's hard. It's hard. One, one day at a time. So, So you mentioned that when you work with a client, sometimes you'll like walk them through a recipe. Like what, if someone signs up for your program, what, um, services do you offer them? I guess it's really individualized. You know, some people want to have a better relationship with food, right? Some people want to have better gut health. Some people want to be, um, they want to lose weight. Some people want to be plant-based. So I basically say to everyone that you have 35 chances a week to eat well, right? That's three meals, two snacks, five days a week or seven days a week. So then you can, if you can do that 30 to 32 times, you should be able to achieve whatever goal you want. So, and I always use like the plant-based goal, right? I want to be more plant-based. Okay. Well, you have five chances in the day to be plant-based. And let's say tonight your best friend is coming and you're going to a steakhouse, but for breakfast, you had a dairy-free yogurt. For lunch, you had chickpeas and kale. You had a piece of fruit for a snack. And now you're going to have your steak for dinner. So now you don't feel bad about yourself because all these other meals were plant-based, right? And so it was okay that you had the steak or maybe you had the chicken or whatever. And so because I think that mostly people feel really bad about themselves as it relates to food. And they're constantly, you know, back to like staying your own lane. You see somebody on Instagram or, you know, even yesterday they were talking about JLo, who I think is a goddess, but like, she's like, I just use olive oil. And I'm like, girl, 
stop it. <laughs> like, you have a very good doctor and I want his name. Like, it's okay. Like, it's okay for you to say that. But like, people will see her and be like, oh my God, she's 50 years old and look how amazing she looks. Or like, you know, the Kardashians, like, look how amazing they look. At least they don't like lie. They say like, we, we get work done and we don't care. And like, but I think that's important for people to realize or like, the other day there was this one dietitian who posted this thing on Instagram and I was like, a rage came over me because she's like tall and thin and she acknowledges that, that she's tall and she's thin, but she's talking about how macaroni and cheese, the serving size is an eighth of a box or whatever. And like, duh, that's, that's like two tablespoons. That's not enough for anybody. Fine. But then she goes on to talk about how she eats the entire box and it's okay to eat the entire box. And you're like, stop. (laughs) That is also taking it to this other place. Like, yeah, you can have the macaroni and cheese. No, you don't have to put it with a salad. No, you don't have to put it with a, with the meat. You can have half the box. That's probably a more appropriate serving, but maybe that's like a trigger for someone and that's going to keep them thinking they can have that box every single day. And so you have to be very careful with the way that you disseminate the information because it just creates this culture where nobody knows what to do and everything is a dirty word. If I tell you to be mindful in a way like, no, you cannot eat a box of macaroni and cheese three times a week. I mean, you can if your goal is not to be a certain amount of weight or whatever, but if your goal is to lose weight or then that's not going to be in line with your goals. Yeah. End of story. And that's okay. That's okay to say. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have like really been, uh, I guess battling this in my head recently with like the, I love that Instagram, especially and social media is like shifting in this like body positivity movement And I think that there's like this fine line of like an all or nothing, which I've always struggled with in my own story. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you can be, and Chelsea and I've talked about this before, like you can be anti-diet, but that doesn't mean you're anti-health. Correct. So it doesn't have to, they don't have to go against each other. One's not over here and one's over here. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you touched on, and I love that you say you have 35 chances a month because- my old mentality and still sometimes like a negative headspace that I get into is, well, I totally messed up at breakfast. So F it, you know, I'm just going to eat whatever I want the rest of the day, or I couldn't work out today. So I'm just going to eat whatever I want because it's, this day is a loss when really like we beat ourselves up way more than we like give ourselves like a pat on the back for, you know, having a, piece of kale. Like that's like hard some days. Yes. And also like every meal is a new chance. So just like pick yourself up and like, let, let it be the new chance. And like you said, life is hard. Like, hello, Chelsea has a four month old in a pandemic. Of course she cannot figure out what to eat for breakfast, but a piece of toast. She can't even think straight. She's tired. Like, so this is, so it's okay. So like, should Chelsea be stressed out if she doesn't think she looks as good as she did pre-pregnancy? Like, no, I mean, she needs time and it's okay. Also like, you know, is she breastfeeding? Yes. No. Who cares? That None of that matters either. Does her kid sleep in her bed? Who cares? What she needs to just get through that. And I think that the more yes, you should give yourself allowances and do things for yourself and be kind to yourself as long as those are in line with whatever your goal is. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if your goal is to lose 10 pounds, 
then we can help you with that goal. And, and I always feel like, you know, these dietitians will come in and be like, well, you're doing more harm than good. I'm like, no, I'm not. Because if for someone mentally, it helps them feel better if there are 10 pounds less on the scale, then that is fine. As long as they're not doing something in a disordered way, mm-hmm. that's okay. If your goal is that you want to, you know, have better gut health and we're going to do that in a way that works for you. Like you got to let people live. If you come to my office and you're like, I want to do keto. That's what I feel like I want to do. I'm like, okay, we, we can do it. If that's what you want to do. I'm going to show you how to exactly execute it. And you're going to see that it's going to make you crazy because there's too much counting. And then you'll come over to my side, which is less stressful. <laughs> so. well, I love that approach too, because like I, the main platform of our podcast is like taking out the shame and and what we do as women. And there's so much shame, I think, around nutrition more so than anything else in our, in our lives, yep. because our culture. And like you said, I mean, it's okay if in the morning you do a little quote unquote better than you do in the afternoon or vice versa. And it, I almost don't even like looking at it in that way of like doing good or bad. It's just like making an effort towards your goals. That's and right you know, if you drop the ball somewhere, then that's okay. And it's not really dropping the ball. It's just living your life, living your life. Like you have to live your life. I mean, I haven't, I didn't exercise for two days. And like you said, Catherine, like you were in this like mindset, like, well, I didn't exercise. So like, F it, it's over. (laughs) Like I'm just gonna let the day go. And I didn't do that, but it's just like, it's not like me. I really like to exercise. It just makes me feel good mentally. It's not, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm going to lose weight by exercising. I'm like, I don't, those days are gone. I don't really know what you're talking about. I'm just trying to be fine up here and stable. So, but you know, like today I like got up, I did a 45 minute Peloton ride and I felt like so energized, right? I felt good. I was like, oh, right. I don't, I should never go like too long, but it's been like so cold here and I don't want to, normally I'll just go walk the dog for an hour or something. Mm -hmm. But like those things are okay. But I think it's so funny about like the shame part is that like, I live in a, you know, I live in an urban area. So we live in an apartment and there's only 11 units and we all, you know, our first owners and, you know, all the kids are the same age. So everybody hangs out with everybody and they always look to me. Like I get text messages from these women and they're like, what are you feeding the kids tonight? And I'm like, I have no idea. When my son, my son, I give him one care today and he like gags, like someone is choking him. So probably ice cream, like probably. <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen today. <laughs> oh, they probably like come to you for validation. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. Then they'll, they'll be like, oh my God, really? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I just have to, I'm trying to survive and not get into arguments with people over food. And it's in my mind mentally to like, not give them a complex about what they eat. So I do, like, we do have a big candy jar. On Halloween, my kids eat all the candy. And so my my daughter will be like, my stomach hurts. My son is like, give me more. It's so good. I'm like, okay, that backfires. So like, okay. <laughs> you know, like every day they'll be like, can I have a dessert? And I'm like, yeah, sure, have a dessert. Because I'm just hoping, my hope is that when they get older, their relationship with food is a good one. Because I yeah. don't... I don't put limitations on that. The only thing that they are not absolutely not allowed to have is juice. And when they go to birthday parties pre-COVID, they would be mainlining the juice at the party and like not eating the pizza or the cake. Like the mother would always be like, um, so Catherine is only drinking juice. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. She doesn't get it at home. She'll drink like eight juice boxes. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so important though. Like not creating a complex around food as a, like creating that, healthy mentality at a young age and you're instilling that in your children now 
it like steers them away from so many issues <laughs> later on. Like I've trained and I have my own issues from, you know, things growing up, but like I've trained high school students who will say some of the things that they hear at school or from their mom or teachers. And I'm like, it like hurts me because I'm like, there, there's such a negativity or a negative like aspect around their bodies around nutrition around like having cake at a birthday party. Like life is also meant to be enjoyed, you know? Right. And I was seeing so many things and I'm really glad I was seeing this, especially I think it's really timely during the holidays, but like after Thanksgiving, a lot of memes that were, or I don't know if it's called a meme, but like yeah. things on Instagram yeah. were saying like, just because you stuffed your face on Thanksgiving doesn't mean you have to fast the day before or the day after. Like, right. it's a new day. And I'm, I'm liking that that is becoming a part of, like, our vocabulary in 2020. But we still have so much work to do, for sure. A hundred percent. But it's so funny because when, when you were saying about these kids in, like, high school, you know, like we were talking about before, like my mom's from Haiti, so a third world country where like there is no food. So obviously like growing up, my mom, like rice and beans is always on the stove at my mother's house. Like she made a lasagna, but there was also like rice and beans. Nobody ever talked about our weight or food or like said that we couldn't drink soda or we couldn't drink juice or like any of these things. So like I was always thin. My friends were always dieting. And I was like, you guys are crazy. We didn't even have a scale in my house. Like the first time I had a scale, I was like 25 years old and I was living with roommates and there was a scale in my bathroom. So like, I didn't really realize in college, I definitely gained weight because I was just eating processed food. But then when I graduated from college and moved back home, I just lost weight. Not because I really did anything, but then I realized like I lost this weight and I don't know how how and that is what I did to I went to a dietitian and she explained everything to me and I thought that was very interesting and so I went with that but I have to thank my parents for like never making like no my my food was never policed like if I drank a two liter of soda nobody in my house cared they were just like you better get good grades you better get hundreds on every test and not get arrested but eat whatever you want (laughs) that actually is like a really good point because whenever I go to Haiti what I love most about the culture is that there is no shame in eating the food that you're given or getting seconds and it's almost like this blessing because it's such a blessing it's almost yeah. like this gratitude as you receive the food that they've cooked for you to like go get more because they're like yeah. oh we love that you love it and like even the culture there like the standards on women are so different like if you're thicker it's a good thing because if right. you feed yourself like you're right. higher in society and oh gosh america just yeah, it's like it's really sad that we're not we don't like just open ourselves up to like everybody looks different. Mm-hmm. Like everyone looks different. You know, it, it breaks my heart when people come to my office and you see that they're trying like so hard to lose like 20 pounds. Like they're trying so hard so hard and then I always ask the question, what's the highest weight you've been in the last 5 years and what is the lowest weight without any struggle? And it's never the number that they're trying to be. And I'm like, why are you trying to be this number that's 20 pounds away from the number that, that you were at? Which is fine. It's 10 pounds away. Okay, fine. Like, I bet you we can easily go back to this. I don't know if you can go back there and you're going to have to get right with that. And they're like, yeah. oh. And accepting that your body is happier at a different weight than yes. what's envisioned in your head. Yes. Like, we'll stop. A lot. Like, okay, why that number? Like, what is that? What num? What is the significance of that number other right. than being like this 
idea in our head that that's what's acceptable or when we're going to look acceptable. Right. Um, going in line with that and like our culture and things that you see on social media, what would be your approach or like advice for our listeners of like how to not necessarily combat that, but like if there are comments made to you about that or like you're with friends and they're speaking negatively over themselves and like, what are some ways that you can, instead of being like, Oh, you're wrong. Stop being so hard on yourself. Like what are some ways you can kind of inspire them to move away from that? Yeah. I mean, I'm always like, you know, be kind to yourself, right? Like you had to spend all day like zooming, dealing with her, right? Like sometimes it's okay to eat this, like, or like there's no bad food. Like you were saying, no bad food or good food. Like there's just food. Like it's okay if we overate here or we're together and we're having a good time. Like what's more important to you? Sometimes I'll also say to people when they're like, oh, I feel so bad. And I'll say, well, if you feel so bad eating this, then why are you eating it? And then they kind of look at me like, I'm like, I don't care if you eat it or not, but if you're going to harp on feeling bad about it, why do you want to make yourself feel bad? And either they stop eating it or they'll be like, you're right. I, I shouldn't feel bad. I should feel happy. Yeah. You should feel happy that we're having a really good time and we're enjoying ourselves. And who cares that you had a piece of cake? It's perfectly right. fine. That feel physically bad. That's one thing. Like, sure. I think we should avoid that. Right. <laughs> But like, yeah, like if you're going to eat the cookie, then why, why are you eating it? If it's going to make you depressed tomorrow and have all of this negative self-talk, like why do you, do you want to be miserable? Like, like guys, we're stuck inside the house, which is miserable enough. Like, can you just, yeah, maybe cookies <laughs> actually make you happy. Like if you actually really think about it, because exactly. it brings you some joy. Right. And be okay with that. Why aren't you allowed to be happy? Yeah, I heard something the other day, I think on a podcast that I was saying, kind of going along with what you said, Chelsea, about like, why that number, it was about um, the size of your clothes. And it was saying like, when you, why do you care so much about fitting into an extra small in this brand that is a completely, an extra small in this brand is different than an extra small in that brand. Like, it doesn't, it's not an actual like data of this is what an extra small is. And then it, it kind of got to the point of like, when you die, <laughs> people are not going to remember you by your pant size. Right. Or your, if you ate the cookie, you right. know, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, the extra 10 pounds that you think you need to lose, that's not what people are going to remember you for. They're going to love you and remember you for who you were and how you treated them. Yeah. But, and also like how much mental bandwidth do you have oh he's so cute and happy sorry i I see babies i feel happy um how much mental bandwidth do you have to be thinking about what you're eating and what you're not eating i don't have space in my brain i have all these other things to think about so i can't be like overly obsessed with feeling bad about food it's just like and also by the way guys you need food to live yeah and i will say when you do spend which i have done years spend all your time all your bandwidth thinking about that stuff then it ruins the rest of your life because it ruins your relationship your community your focus your brain fog and your job like everything crumbles because all of your engine is going towards this one thing that doesn't matter (laughs) yeah it doesn't matter like and 
and you need to get right with it somehow because it is not avoidable. It's not like alcohol or cigarettes, right? <laughs> like you don't need those, but you need to eat. And also, like we've already said, food is the epicenter of life. Like when you go, like all homes now are open concept. If I showed you my newly constructed apartment, it is centered around a kitchen, which is annoying, actually. <laughs> it's like you're watching television and this one's like, you know, boiling tea, water, and you're like, shut up. Um, but you know what I mean? Like everything is open concept. Like people congregate in the kitchen. The focus is on what the kitchen looks like, how people can sit, how people can gather, how people can congregate. So like, what are you doing? It's really weird to me when I like, do go places and I'm left like hungry. I'm just like, don't like it. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, the kitchen is, they call, they call, I used to work in real estate, the heart of the home. Yeah. And, and most memories happen around a table. Most of your sweetest and like most genuine conversations have happened around a table. Most moments of breakthrough happen around a table. So why don't we see it as like this gift that we get to experience instead of yes. like, this curse of something that like ruins our life because of calories, you know? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And also like, we should feel grateful that we can eat, that there is food to eat, that they're like, it's abundant and we have it. Like we mm -hmm. should be grateful for that and mm -hmm. try to make it work for us. That's so, so true. I, um, I was telling the soul, the soul fitness girls last night that, you know, we so often our first, like, uh, instinct when we think about our bodies is to think about like the ways that it wrongs us or like the, the way that it's a curse. And if we flip, flip that, flip the narrative and change it to how is it a gift? I mean, for, for the example I used last night is like, you just did 60 burpees in an hour and you didn't even realize that you did 60 burpees. Like that's a lot of burpees and your body coming to your class <laughs> and your body just did that. And, or like when you wake up tomorrow, you don't even have to think about waking up. Your heart is just pumping enough blood to the rest of your organs to give you breath, to open your eyes the next day. Like that is freaking insane. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a gift. And that's amazing that you said that because I think like that. Like when I'm exercising and my heart rate goes up really high and then I look at my watch and I see that it went down really fast, like by 40 points in 30 seconds, I'm like, I am cardiovascularly fit. Yeah. I am not going to die of a heart attack. Amen. Like I, who cares if I get a six pack? I don't care about that. I, but I am strong. And like, that is what it's, that's what I do it for, which is why I have, I think like longevity. Right. And I think it's the same, like how you relate to food, how you relate to exercise. Like when you think about it as nourishment, as like, look, what my body can do, I'm feeling good. Then you can keep going. Mm -hmm. But if you're always like, if there's always an end to this goal, like that, that's it. It's never going to work. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to be tired. Mm -hmm like mentally, physically, all the things. It's just going to be an exhausting way to live. Mm -hmm. And I know that from experience. I feel like we could all, the three of us could like give a TED talk. <laughs> yes. Let's do that. Let's do that in 2021. Yes. Okay. Okay. Goals. Silas <laughs> will be one. We, he'll be in the audience. We're going to, I'll have Rocco watch him and teach him bad habits. We're going to do it. <laughs> yes. I feel like this podcast could also last like three hours, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could talk to you forever. Do you want to go ahead into the, our four questions, Catherine? Yeah. So we have four questions that we ask every single guest. Um, and we did not prep you for a reason. We want authentic answers. Got it. So um, the first question, easy. What is something that you're currently obsessed with or binging? It can be a food or a TV show or a book or... Don't judge me right now. <laughs> Below deck. Oh, seen it all. 
There's no judgment. Oh, good. I'm trying to get on that yacht. One of my friend's little brothers, I I turn it on and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's on below deck. Like (laughs) as a crew member? No, as a guest. Oh, Oh, that's better. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My, um, Michael and I, my husband and I are, he like doesn't really like reality TV, but he loves below deck. And we always like think about different scenarios, like in our family, who would play what role? Like who would be the captain? Who would be the chef? And our group of friends, who would play what role? And it's like, I don't know why it's so fun to us, but. It's so good. It's so good. I'm I'm a little nervous about the new chef, Rachel. I haven't watched the the latest season. I stopped watching when Sandy did the Mediterranean. Oh, uh, this one's this one's pretty good. This this okay. one's like right before COVID, so start watching. Okay, I'll watch. Yeah. The only time I saw it was when I was in the hospital after I had him, and there was oh. like nothing on the TV, and I just started like binging Below Deck, and I was like, I actually really like this show. Yeah, same. So good. <laughs> okay, our next question is. We started out the year asking, what is something you're looking forward to in 2020? And that just got sadder and sadder. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I'm still going to ask you that question. There's only a few weeks left of it, but do you have something you're excited for? Um, I'm excited for it to end. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually valid. The best answer that you could probably say. And also, I'm not trying to wish away days, obviously, right? Like, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what's in store for 2021, but at least we're closer to kind of being together again. So yeah. that's yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. For so. sure. Okay. What, next question is, what is something that you love about yourself? It could be physical or, you know, emotional, mental, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm really funny. <laughs> I can see that like hilarious <laughs> I love that and like I scare my students on a weekly basis just with the way that I talk like they're always like, <gasps> Do she, I like yeah they're like did she just say that I'm like yeah I just said that digest it they're like okay <laughs> it's like that gif I can't remember what it is it's like this cartoon where he's going yeah that's that's them that's like your students yeah every day I'm like did I do you feel like I punched you in the face <laughs> like, <laughs> Sometimes I'll have like a co-rotator or whatever, and I'm like Vanessa. What? I'm like what? You kind of tell them like it is. This is real life. So yeah, like, I love that. I would appreciate that as a yeah. student for sure. Yeah. Okay. Our last question is: If you could tell women just one little nugget of wisdom today, what would you leave them with? No one cares about your happiness but you. Mm. So do only things that bring you joy. Mm. Amen to that. Yeah. All around. Nobody cares if you're happy or not. Only you do. Yeah. You care the most for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love you. I'm like really you guys. I'm really encouraged by this conversation. Where can we'll put all of your information in our show notes, but if our listeners want to follow you like right now, where can they find you? (laughs) Uh Vanessa Rosetto RD, two S's in Vanessa, two S's in Rosetto, two T's in Rosetto, and Kulina Health. Okay. Yeah. And we'll put all that in the show notes. And is there like a way, like if someone wants to work with you virtually that they can like fill out a form or something? Yeah. They can just go into our, when they go into Kalina Health, they, you can book appointments like right on our site or they can just DM and our office manager who is amazing. will answer you right away. Sweet. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Vanessa. We love chatting with you. You're 
hilarious. Yeah, and, I, you guys. I can't wait for our TED talk. I'm going to start writing the treatment for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay tuned, listeners, for our TED talk coming in 2021. Nice. And so good. Then we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.